All right, welcome back for another exciting episode of the Adventures Vault of Mountain Tail. Um, yeah, yep, yeah, we did it. We yeah, did. you finished. And by we, I mean Sigorum. You finished the whole <laughs> campaign. Sigorum and bodies together, their efforts have <laughs> finally bodies. completed phase one, <laughs> crawling over mounds of dead friends to get to his goals. <laughs> <laughs> We go back to flashbacks, like, how do you survive? And just, it's constantly Sigorum pulling his companions in front of him. Operation I Human Shield was a success. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wasn't it, a good person. He just knows where to put himself in a combat. Shields are all shapes and sizes. With <laughs> various hardness and hit points. And, and they all strapped in my forearm. Some of them have legs and walk around. It's easier it's that great. way. It's easier that way. I like that. Sigorum's like Sigorum's not uh, a perfect man. He's a he's a survivor, a winner. <laughs> That's what we're looking for on the mountain. Somebody that can get the job done, or that can just be alive enough to <laughs> see it done, <laughs> to see it happen. You know. Yeah. There's. <laughs> Are there any good people in Calltown? Like. Genuinely, other than um, maybe some of the people became good over time. I think Driana is probably about. I don't know something like the rando, the people who like got stuck here on accident or other stuff like that. I think there's a lot of like average town people in Callstown that are actually good people. Yeah, but any of the big players, pieces of shits all around. <laughs> <laughs> like you did something bad, and that's why you're here. The good people aren't interesting enough to know. I mean, well, it's kind of like why does every adventure have a traumatic backstory? Yeah. It's like there's something to be said for that. Like, you don't you don't find yourself in like an undead lich's lair trying to like <laughs> do something for for you know a large amount of money because like you made good decisions in life and you're a good human being. Oh, I will say we had one good person that was interesting enough to know, Zachariah. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Lottie. Rest in peace. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I feel that's like fair. I feel like if Waddy would have lived long enough, we'd have found some deep dark shit. Got some dirt on her, probably. What's wrong with eating people? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, where I come from, prostitution is legal and encouraged. <laughs> I take your shocked silence for consent. <laughs> we uh, remember the fallen fondly here at the Adventurers Vault. <laughs> With nothing but love. Yep. Say say their names. There was um, what was that guy oh, that was already uh, dead? Um. Oh wait. No. Uh, his name was Nike or Sir Nike or something. Just do it. I think was. I don't Let, I think there was a bill. Yeah. Dude. Let's let's move on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. I can't. You and I can't keep track of them. There was a bill. Um. It's getting to the point where I can't remember some of the dead NPCs, and I'm like, God, I'm a piece of shit. The city carved a silhouette on the ocean after dark. 
over the lonely and the holy and the red blood beating hearts. Up from the dirty black water, a shadow void of form raised itself out of the river and it climbed upon the shore. Shadows by the midnight. The camera pans and we see a bustling metropolis. Skyscrapers, cars everywhere, the noise and hustle of a metropolis city. And in letters over we see New Avalon, July 6, 1984, the day of the crash. We pan to a penthouse suite where staring out over the city, possibly a coffee cup in hand, is Tame. What's Tame thinking about? got a long day ahead of me with that merger meeting and and all I I suppose I could just do a small line they're still asleep whatever it's their name was again and as tame chases that coffee a figure walks up and puts their arm around her waist oh um good morning good morning how did you sleep? Very well. How are you? I'm awake and alive. Just looking out. Are you ready for today? It's going to be a long one. It is. And it looks like you're about to be late. Oh. Um. All right. I guess I'll I'll just go then. I'll see you at work. And Tame watches her secretary race off. But it is a busy day. And we follow Tame as she gets ready for the day. Nice little, maybe like a power suit. What's up? What are we thinking here? Big poofy shoulders? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was. <laughs> so Tame is looking over all of her power suits because, let's be honest, she is a powerful woman in the 80s. She has so much going for her and a lot riding on this meeting. So she wants to look her absolute best. She chooses her red power suit with the lovely straight leg pant and the big poofy shoulders. Fuck yes. So much <laughs> poof. All the poof. All the poof. When she's doing her hair, she just, you know, she, it's already nice and permed. Very, very, you know, esque. It's big and poofy, but she thinks she can just poof it up just a little more. So she's putting in her bumpets, and actually, were bumpets created at that time? Dude, I was alive when the 80s. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> okay. What's a bumpet? You you don't know what a bumpet is? Uh, do I need to Google this? Is this another it's cocaine like, thing? No, it's, it's a hair no. thing that you it's put a hair to like thing. poof your hair up. Oh, it's you a just, girl thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's instead of teasing your hair, you just put it in and then you put your hair over it. Gotcha, yeah, I don't gotcha. think those are created until like the early two thousands. I don't I don't think so either. Tay, so Tay might be a fashion setter. <laughs> that's true. So Tay and and Tame after she gets her suit on, she does her makeup. Um, Light on the eyes, but bold on the lips, as it should be. And um, and she does a nice little power bump to just raise her hair that much higher. Status. <laughs> it is important. And we see what kind of status she has as Tame makes her way to the office. We look up and see that the this skyscraper she's headed to has the sign IVA Financial. And she's not on the top floor, but she's not far from it. And maybe it's not a corner office. 
but it's not far from it. And we see that Tame is going over files because IVA Financial is thinking about a merger with another financial corporation that is also well off. And this is her big day because if she can negotiate this and get it done, she will get that coveted VP spot on the top floor in the corner office. Okay, okay. I've got all these files. I'm going through. I think I have everything in order. But I just, I just need a little something to calm me down. To get me really just there. Do I, I think I have enough. She ruffles through her purse. And she finds her little baggie. And she just pours a little bit out onto her desk. What? And while she does that, a figure bursts through. We see, maybe he's a friend, maybe he's just a co-worker, we're not totally sure. What is Reggie's status in this company with you? So Reggie, to me, um, and this company, is a friend and colleague, is how I would assume and choose to make that. Solely because Tame, in this, in this rough, rough, wild world of 1984 in the business... The financial business specifically. You know, she's she's worked really hard. But she hasn't really made a lot of friendships outside of work. Because this is, this is her love. This is her life. I mean, women got the right to work in the 80s and that's what she went to do. That's what she decided she wanted. She wanted to make a name for herself. So Reggie is one of her good friends and colleagues. Reggie, I'm I'm cutting myself. Um, do do you want do you want a line? Deal me in. I got you. So she. Carl, get the fuck out of here. Get out. So as she's she's cutting and she's focusing on on this, um, she looks over at Reggie. So, what's going on? Well, I've got something big for you. Ooh. She hands him a $100 bill that's rolled. Fabulous. Hear me out. We're friends, right? Of course we are. The best of friends. So, uh, you got a big old thing on your plate, and it's looking juicy. Just a little bit, yeah. I'm excited. What if I could, you know, guarantee it for you? How so? Well, that part doesn't really matter, per se. Um, let's just say the price is scratching my back in return, as friends do. Oh, you mean you... I want your job, sweetheart. There's no other way to say it. Oh, you know that I already put you in as my next in line, if I get this promotion, right? Yes, but... You just wanted to guarantee it? If if we could just, you know, cement it, why interview the others? I'll do my best. Excellent. Everything you want to know is right here. I'm going to go yell at Carl one more time just for the sport of it. Perfect. Are you going to... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Almost forgot. <laughs> you should try ye- yelling at Carl sometime. It's wonderful. Carl sticks his head. <laughs> Those fucking discrepancies, Carl! Uh, They need to disappear with you! Sorry. 
What are you doing back in here, Carl? I thought he told you to get the fuck out. Oh, I'm so sorry. Get out! You're not meant to be in we here! We make him come in so oh. we can yell at him and we turn the fuck off. You're just an intern, Carl! I'm get sorry, out of here! I'm sorry! He runs off crying. Trish! <laughs> God, why did we hire him again? L looks because he looks pretty good in those slacks. <laughs> Favor for a friend and I can. That's why you make him run away, right? <laughs> We hate Come to out. see him go, but we love to watch him leave. Now, the file Reggie drops off is uh, the company you're attempting to merge with. They have certain goals they want to hit with this merger, too. Mm -hmm. Along with, like, you have kind of what the company is wanting to hit. You see the numbers they want to hit. And it's the kind of insider information that is, you think it's enough. Like, you're like, okay, this is ammo. And you're getting to look over it a little bit, but then uh, your secretary comes in. Um, hey, I just, the, the boss wants to see you. Oh, perfect. Thank you, love. And you take the elevator up to the top floor. And it is the office. And, uh, you know, the, the secretary motions you into the CEO's office. Drew Mellon, absolute chief of IVA Financial. And he is, oh, he's about a 60-year-old man. You know, pretty pale skin, like real blotchy from age. He's got kind of a, a beard, but it's well kept. He's standing beneath a very large painting of the company's founder, Ivan Stanley, who is uh, well familiar to us because he's in a black and red suit. Uh, you know, sadly, he has passed at this time. His successor, Drew Mellon, has taken over the reins. And he doesn't even turn to space. He's like, yes, yes, come in. Good afternoon, Mr. Mellon. How are you today? I'm excellent. And he turns around and sits at his desk, pulls out what is assuredly a Cuban cigar, and cuts it. And kind of like looks at it and looks at you and like the, the cigar box. And like he turns it towards you. Thank you. And as you reach for it, he slams it shut. Get this done today. You can take the whole box. You'll need a good humidor for your office. Having said that, I keep this company... On certain principles. Principles are gone but not forgotten founder, my good partner, Ivan, uh, built this company upon. I expect this merger to go smoothly today, and I expect for all of us to make a lot of money. Do that, and I'll make sure you get everything you're after. If you fail, though, you might as well just go to the top and jump. Are we, are we clear, Miss Tame? Clearer than a cloudless day. Excellent. I am rooting for you, of course. Good luck today. Thank you, I appreciate. And as Tame walks away from the CEO, knowing everything that's on the line, the weight of this, let me have a fortitude save. 30. And a little bit later today, we go to a office room where you and your team are meeting with uh, another team of, of like-minded people who are attempting to forge a merger. Now, everybody wants to get the best deal, but I would dare say, um, is there anything you want to tell the other team or what, what's your strategy going in to get this merger done? Um, so obviously I have an idea of their goals and their the numbers and things that they want to hit. I want to try to cater to that, but at the same time, make sure that our numbers and our goals are hit 
So I'm um, just trying to find a strategic balance in that. All right. And so you know kind of what they want at the table, what you want, um, and your team is, you know, and Reggie's maybe there too helping out, but, you know, you, you're negotiating. You're going back and forth, dodging their offers, and you need to be quick and nimble, both mentally and physically. Give me a reflex save. Um, that is a 34. You think uh, negotiations are going pretty well. Oh, well, that's nice. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good time to break for lunch. And, uh, you know, just as they do, as things are being delivered, they throw the TV on just for some background noise to kind of break the tension. And the 12 o'clock news comes on. And it's something about the Now Dones, which is, of course, you know, the stock market of New Avalon. But they turn up the volume as the announcer begins to say something with a very stern face. And here in the latest news, the Now Dones has sunk in a 20% just in the last hour alone. If things continue at this rate, we're going to see a historic crash. There's already talks about the realty market dropping out. The news continues, but... It gets darker and darker as New Avalon is experiencing a stock market crash that they have never seen before. In fact, literally as they're looking, all of you see a body fall past the window. <laughs> and Tim, you can literally see everything that you have ever wanted or built for. Falling apart. Falling apart. Please give me a will save. Oh, was it a one or a twenty? Shit, lady. It was a one. It was definitely a one. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> we leave Tame, staring out into the skyline of New Avalon. When you lose control, you scare yourself sometimes. When you really don't care, yeah, that your life is on the line. No one outside can understand you take your life in your own hand and even love can become a lethal weapon lethal weapon by honeymoon sweep the camera pans and we see the inside of a suburban home nothing too special nothing too out of place pictures of a happy family blonde woman a half orc boy maybe around the age of 12 and we see Dressed in just civilian clothes. Sigourm. However, the camera pans to the kitchen. Where sitting at the table is a different scene. The boy in the photo is a little bit older, maybe 15, 16. Corn is picking at his cereal. And sitting across from him is one Sergeant Sigourm. Dressed in his new Avalon uniform. Uh, a beat cop of many years, a veteran of the force. He can handle a lot of pressure. But the silence between him and his son is something that he's having trouble with. Look, I didn't mean it like that. I don't disagree with your actions. It's just, give me a break, alright? Just head down, put chin up. Another year, that's it. Stick it through. I just, I thought we were leaving, Dad. I don't, I don't understand. We are. I just need a little more time. Uh, finances are not what they used to be, Corrin. Things are a bit more of a challenge without a... Nothing's like what it used to be. Yeah. I guess. I guess we'll go. I'll, I'll go to school. Chin up or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. See you for dinner. 
No. Okay. And these two try to find their way through the day. But first we see Sigorum heading down to Precinct 13. New Avalon PD. We're at the morning huddle. We see a, a room full of similarly dressed uh, officers getting their morning assignments. And to no one's surprise, Captain Drew Mellon is like, Alright, alright, everybody listen up. We've got our assignments for the day. Uh, Jenkins, Raspier, you're uh, you're down on 4th Street. Take those blocks like you normally do. Uh, it's fucking Goblin Town. You're going to hit Goblin Town. Take your usual beat. Shock and welcome. What? Yes, sir. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> we see a couple of the officers chuckle. Because, of course, Sigorum's getting Goblin Town. Sigorum always gets Goblin Town. And as we pan through the room, we see Sigorum is the only orc on the force. And we start to get a little vibe of what's going down here. But as uh, assignments are given, the captain shuffles his papers and heads off. Everyone begins dispersing. And Sigorum and his partner... And what what does Sigorum's partner look like? I vote a little troll. Nice. Nice. Okay. No, that yeah. fits. That makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously the two green guys get yeah. shuffed together, and then they get the shittiest beat. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, babysitting goblins and yeah. all that. But as the as the two of them enter the hallway, two figures in suits, real snazzy. But you can tell they're also cops, but maybe they're some sort of, oh, I don't know, like some sort of vice squad. Oh, but there's think there's something special probably yeah no they look like they think they're hot shit oh yeah but one of them could almost you would look at him and sigorum and think they're brothers and in fact they are fuck as chief detective sigorum kind of gets in your way off to goblin town again brother just doing my job i know i know i know (laughs) looks at his partner uh an older man, well, not older, but maybe like 40s. Um, blonde hair is kind of getting a little speckled. Uh, just like a, a tall six foot one guy, just kind of like looks like a real meathead, hmm. but it just kind of like chuckles along. It's like, you know, my offer's still open. We could use someone like you on Vice Squad, and well, <laughs> the gods only know you need the money. Oh, things are uh, starting to look up. I think I'll be all right. <laughs> Sure. Besides, you know, the goblins wouldn't be the same without me. <laughs> All right, brother. Have fun. And Sikorum and his partner push past you. Your brother is such a fucking dick. Don't ever accept anything from him. Ever. Why would I? He seems like he'd poison it. Exactly. And we uh, advance the day a little bit. Where we see the front of a shop. And Goblin Town is a fun place in New Avalon. It's got its own kind of uh, vibe where they've taken a whole several blocks and it's pretty much for goblins. Maybe the city has shoved them there. Maybe they just congregate themselves. But so you see a shopkeeper and behind him are many strange things. A lot of like dead animals that have been dried up. And you're looking at an owlbear head, which is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Because owl owl bears are endangered. Oh yeah, it's a replica. What you don't like art? <laughs> I look at my partner, 
who's being very unprofessional right now. <laughs> Get it together. Listen, the coffee didn't really kick in this morning, so this this is my wake up call. It's just it's 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 all too much. You know, I've got something for that. If you need to need some help, we need some help. We need some information, and we need you to stop doing this. Doing what? Being a patron of the arts? It's hardly art. You just don't have any vision. That's, that's no vision. That's your problem. I've got two eyes bearing down on you right now. See just fine. Oh, you may be quivering on the good part, sweetie. Listen, man. Did you Do you just have the head? Is it just the head? Or do you have the body in the back? We just gotta know. I don't know what, you, what back are you talking about. The back of your house, the backyard, I can see right there where it looks like I see an owlbear foot. Listen, like you sound like you had too much coffee. Now you're just talking nonsense. There's nothing here. You sound like you've had a little bit of too much of other stuff. How about you just answer our questions and we can make this really easy and not get you in trouble? Oh, no one's looking for any trouble. No one's looking for any trouble. Okay, great. So what's that back there? And while you're talking, like the owlbear foot you're looking at, like gets dragged to the side. There's like. <laughs> In the back. I just, <laughs> I just witnessed that happen. So you can answer the question, or we can arrest you. Wow, wow! You don't need to go to arrest thing. Like, what, what you want to know? Look, buddy, you're one of my favorites. If not you, it'd be someone worse. Ah, uh, you know how to make me blush. Right. <laughs> Work with me on this. I don't want to shut you down. I know some of the things that go on here are not. All illegal. Got 35 kids of feet. What do you want from me? <laughs> we just can't have you so proudly displaying that you killed an owlbear. Not outside in your front porch. Because you know it's illegal. And you know that if, if we see that, we have to at least talk to you. So what I'm going to recommend, because we like you, is you put that shit in your house. And that way the next shift doesn't have to... We can just write this off. Papa, are they gonna kill you? Go back inside! <laughs> I'll put up some curtains. How about some curtains? Something real nice. Really brings the front of the house together. How about, and it might seem like a stretch, use your vision. Stop dealing in endangered species. Consider it. You're losing me here, man. 35 <laughs> children. <laughs> Do you know how much Wh a goblin eats in a day? There's not enough garbage on this neighborhood to feed this fucking crew. Who's gonna feed them when you're doing hard time? While this conversation is going on, something comes in over your radios. 413, over by Sir Marcus High, which you know is an auto accident. You also know that that is where Corin goes to school. And the announcer is trying to get a hold of you. Get some fucking curtains. I gotta go. Let's roll. Whatever they say. <laughs> put that put that fucking head in your house. And we won't fucking talk about it again. Always oh, a pleasure talking to you, officers. Yeah. I'm fucking serious. Put it in your house. Listen, Paul, get the head in the house. What are we doing here? I don't care. Put it in the house. 35 go goblin children <laughs> lift up this thing and carry it inside. Thank you. <laughs> I got 35 kids. <laughs> we follow their patrol cars. They hurriedly head to where Corin goes to school. And as we see the car pull up, pulls up to where the police have already cordoned off uh, a big section. And as you guys are approaching, we see Captain Drew Mellon like kind of looking at some papers and he walks up and he like 
kind of puts a hand on your chest like don't don't just don't go Sigorm. don't touch me and he just backs off and it's at that point you can see that the paramedics are putting a body into the back of a wagon and you know you know hey hey is he fucking dead i'm i'm sorry sergeant fuck you please give me a will save i'll consider it <laughs> Oh, not my best work, bud. <clears throat> That's a 30. What does Sigourm do? Essentially, this is a crime scene now. Details and evidence first. First detail. Is he dead or is he dying? Is he a vegetable? Um, second, how? Who done it? Sigourm begins the investigation. And we can see that this ends up being what looks to be a hit and run. Hmm. We see tire tracks where it almost looks like they went out of their way to go onto the sidewalk to hit Corin and then drive off. And you can see the tire pattern. And, you know, maybe like this isn't like CSI where they've got the technology to track that down. But Sigourm's a good enough cop. If he could see those again, if he could see those tires, he could match them. Now, as he's kind of looking through the crowd, he sees a, uh, a figure... It's kind of hanging in the back that when you catch their eyes, they try to duck away. Chase them. So Gorham chases them down. It takes a little bit, but he catches this person in a back alley. And it's a, another young man, about 15. And you recognize him. He was a friend of Corrin's. It's Oki. Corrin's best friend. <laughs> Spill it, boy. He said they'd kill me. Spill it. It was, it was a, it was a black car. It was really nice, one of those cattle cars. Um, there was this tall guy, muscly, kind of blondish white hair. Please, Mister Sigourm, don't let him know I told you. But he hit him. What he knows won't matter for long. Go home. Yes, sir. And Oki Ridge runs away. <laughs> Crosses the finish line. <laughs> well, you, we had to rewrite some stuff, but Oki lived at the price of someone else. You know that car, though. Yeah, I do. What do you tell your partner? Do you tell your partner? How long we've been partners? Is this like ride or die shit? I or do I like not tell you nothing? I mean, we're going every day to the Goblin District. We know the Goblins by heart. Right. You know, I I would say at least ten years, probably twenty. Very bad boys vibe. Come yeah, on. I was Very gonna say like, we're about to do bad boys seven right here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the two of you hop in your patrol car. I need a favor. What's going on? You it's not. It's not legal. I mean, we just let that Goblin keep the fucking barrel. So I, I think I think we'll be fine. Between you and me, I, I think we'll be fine. This is uh, much worse. We're, uh, I'm going to go to a place, and I'm going to do some things I can't take back. And there's going to be a target on my back. And a lot of guys like my brother are going to want to find me when I'm done. Well, you know me, Cher left me with the left and took the kids, so it's not like I got much else going on. What do you need me to do? If you can't answer me that on the scale of one to ten, how bad is it? Are we look? Are we looking at life? 
if we get caught? Are we looking at having to kill a lot of people? Just a few people? Eh, hey, we're probably gonna die. Eh, I was thinking about ending it on Tuesday anyway. <laughs> Good enough for me. And it's the most depressing patrol car <laughs> in Babylon PD. But car 113 hits its lights and heads downtown. Where a short time later, they know where Detective Ivan Stanley hands out. And if not even caring, we see the man leaning against the black car. So, Gormans, you guys are kind of looking at him in the car. You see that one of the front bumpers is dented. What do you do? If anybody tries to stop me, shoot him. You got it. I'll keep the car going for a getaway. And, um, I, my character, cocks his gun, gets it ready. Pop, pop. <laughs> 84, it's probably a revolver, maybe? Or do you, do you, like, spring some cash for, like, a nice little, like, nine mil? Listen, we're sent out to the Goblin District. <laughs> <laughs> we probably made What do you it. think we're getting? What do you think we're getting, Brad? Not all the... Fair. Not all the scrap pistols yeah. make it to the evidence locker. <laughs> <laughs> It's a step above a pipe gun. <laughs> Listen, I've got four of those bastards stashed in the car because may as fucking well. I know you got stuff in the trunk of the car for sure. Right. It's an 80s cop show. Um, I, I kind of imagine this moment where Sigourum gets out of the car and he knows he's playing into like his brother's scheme or his brother's hand or whatever. And that's okay. Uh, but what this, this other guy doesn't understand is that that plan is working, and he's not going to survive it. Sigorm is getting out of the car with the intent to just watch this individual's lights go out. He's going to kill him, and the guy's going to know he's dying. One, as you're walking up, he's like, Oh, hey, Sergeant. Aren't there some goblins you should be babysitting right now? Throat punch. <laughs> Headbutt. Throw him down. Give him the concrete special. No shit. And like he's looking up and he's he went from like arrogant prick to scared real fast. Finish him. Up, up, down, select. I perform a fatality. <laughs> he, he performs the uh, the uh, the mountain special. What is it called? A curb stuff? <laughs> I make an example of him, and then I leave him for the goblins. <laughs> I would like you to make a fortitude save. I'll consider it. <laughs> Fuck. Twenty nine. And as you walk away, uh, if there was anyone watching, they're doing their best not to look like they were. But you know that your brother operates kind of out of this little warehouse down on 10th Street. It's his little kingdom that he runs. Oh, yeah. Does car 113 head that way? I'm going to take Meathead's car. Nice. Okay. And then and then my partner can follow. And that's what I'll do. So he's got this warehouse. And you know he's got guys. Yeah. What's what's the plan here? What's the approach? Well, in uh, true Sigourm fashion, I will probably just go right in there. Very obvious. Very intent. And my partner will probably take the more sneakier route. 
stick the, to the uh, the shadows, if you will. The troll, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Trolls can be very quiet <laughs> in this in this system. And well, we see Sigorum take that black car right through a industrial garage door at the side of the building, and in typical fashion, Sigorum has to fight through. Uh, his partner is off, you know, doing the stealthy route, taking out some guys, but. This only ends one way, and Sigorm's partner gets held up in a different part of this building, but as it ever was, we see Sigorm facing Sigorm. Well, you solved that a lot faster than I thought you would. He shouldn't die. All right, Sigorm. I'd like to see a reflex save, please. All right. As you and your brother draw. 37. Two gunshots ring out. And it's just another day in New Avalon City. And the ghost of the boulevard, littered with lonely hearts. The city like a graveyard, once was a postcard. When you lose your wonder, and you can't remember, when we were living in the Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder by the Midnight. It's that day, race fans, where we finally reach the new Avalon 500. It's a big day out here, folks. It's the final, but yet the biggest race of the season. And would you look at that? The points have never been closer, Reba. I know. It's insane out here, Marty. I mean, you've gotten the lead here, which is not a shock to me. Not at all. You've got, in number one, Mr. Ivan Stanley. Woo-wee, the red and black wizard. And you believe that. Now, what's crazy, though, is... You've got Mr. Tim the Vortex getting in there. It is the <laughs> comeback story of, if not the year, decade, millennia, I don't know. I mean, it's been crazy. I mean, if you've seen his race record out here, folks, it's not been good. So this, this is an insane turnout. Clawing back from the dead almost just to get into second points place. And bringing up third place, of course, to even make it more interesting. Is his very best friend, Mr. Artie Dew Jr. Ooh, now, the scuttlebutt is he is about to uh, finalize his divorce, of course, from uh, his business partner and business manager. Miss uh, uh, Candace Paradigm, Ms. is that I correct? Miss Candace uh, Ms. Ms. I believe. Ms. <laughs> is it Miss now? They will. She's, uh, she's single, maybe ready to mingle. But you other race car drivers better be careful. Will. She might be coming for you. <laughs> rumor is, rumor is she's coming for the car, too. Well, that's what I heard. It will be interesting to see if... Uh, our good friend here at Tim the Vortex Peregrine can even get a car in today's race. Let's hope so. The camera pans off mm. down into the into the backs areas of a race area. Because this is a, the biggest arena of the circuit. And sitting in a trailer, what's Tim the Vortex Peregrine doing? As always, he's working on his car. He's running the numbers. He's on a computer that's hooked up to an engine, typing and stuff and calculating. Top of the line in 1984, this computer. <laughs> yeah, you've seen the DOS black and green screen. <laughs> it's a it's a pair two. <laughs> why why has Tim had trouble the last couple of years? Why why is his life where it is right now? He's always been a guy that goes by the numbers and he strove for perfection. Mainly in his engine as well as his own uh, actions on the track, and uh, he began to abuse uh, drugs to uh, keep him at his peak at all times. He can push just a little bit farther. Uh, and that led to him, you know, 
treating those around him poorly, um, as well as just ignoring them, going through different pit crews and managers because they weren't performing at the level thought they could. And his wife took that personally. Well, it's funny you say that. <laughs> because there's a knock at the door. Busy. Honey, open the door. He goes and opens the door. Who steps in, Tara? She's probably an elf woman, red hair, tall, skinny. Walks through the door. Nice. She has an air of confidence about her. She's it's the extrovert. Yeah. <laughs> She's the extrovert in this relationship. I think you know why I'm here. I'm going to make the assumption it's about the papers. It's a pretty damn good assumption. So you going to sign them? Can, can we just hold this off at least until after the race? You know how long I've been holding this off? I'm done. You want that car of yours? You sign these papers. You know how much power I have. You know you know what I can pull. You want that car? Listen, everything you're doing is absolutely justified. I'm just asking for a tiny amount more time. Just a smidge. And why should I give you that? Because then I can show you. Show me what? That you can have everything. That perfection is attainable. I can have everything, but I don't want it from you anymore. Oh! Oh my god! Finish him! Holy shit, Tim! (laughs) You're done! (laughs) You're done! Sign the papers! (laughs) You're right. You're justified. And I. Everything is my fault. I just feel like if you can give me this race, I can show you and myself that I'm better than what I've been and that what I thought was perfection was not. But I need one more day. You got one more day. And if it, if I don't get what I want, car's mine. Okay. More than I deserve. Damn right. And as she turns and walks away, you've made a deal now. There's nothing more important than winning this race. Because if you can win it, you win it all. So you kind of feel like you want that extra edge today. Give me a fort save. 40. And Tim feels maybe he can have it all. And he doesn't need it. A little bit later... We see two men walking up and knocking on your trailer door. One of those men is the owner of Ember Oil, Drew Mellon, who used to be Tim's sponsor. And the other man is your good friend, Artie Dew Jr. I will say that when they knock, this time he doesn't say busy because he assumes maybe it's Candace. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, like you rush to the door and open it. Man, I, Tim, I ain't never seen you open a door that fast before. Hey, buddy. It's been a day. Yeah, not yet, but we'll see. You, uh, you gonna invite us in? What? Uh, yeah, I, sorry. And he opens the door to invite you all in. Yeah. Now, the the dynamic here is that you used to be the driver for this guy. Yep. Do is now. But, you know, you guys had a working relationship for a long time. You know, so maybe you're you're not at odds. You know, maybe you guys don't hate each other. You know. I don't think that I would harbor any will will, so y'all want anything from the from the cooler? From the drink? Hell yeah, I mean it's already eighty eight degrees out there and it's only ten o'clock. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be hot. Tosses a can your way. Junior? I'll take one too. There's one to Junior. So uh you got a car boy? For the day. You got a sponsor. Hopes and dreams. I ain't never heard of that company. I make it through the day, it might be one. I uh been talking with some of the other owners, some of the other companies. There is a new player in town, out of Goblin Town. You ever heard of uh, Squeaky's Oil? Can't say that I have. 
Squeaky's Oil uh, is a goblin-based company, and it is the lowest of the low. Like, this is the cheapest oil on the market, and half the time, most people don't think it can pass legal inspection. So for you to be their race car guy is pretty fucking low. Do I have to use the oil? Oh god, no. Unless Not unless you're just planning on drinking it to end it. It's about the only use for that shit. Well, if I, today doesn't go the way that I want it to, that might be the way. But <laughs> I'll put whatever thing I have to do on the side of this car to get today done. I'll let them know. They got a, they got a pit crew ready to go. He just looks at you with like this, like eyes, like, oh god, no. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, with all them rumors kicking around, you know, Dusky Tires bailed on you. So, you want to race today? This is your one shot. I'm in my bed. I guess I got to lie on it. All right. Well, I'll get him hooked up. I'll go tell the officials. Uh, but he does the '80s arms class with yeah. you. But we're square after this, Timmy. When is there? He like kind of nods at you and do and like takes his leave. I uh, I'm. I'm I'm glad you're back, buddy. Hasn't been the same without you. No hard feelings. Same thing. 80s forearm clasp. I'll, uh, I'll do what I can for you out there, champ. He winks at you. He just smiles. Maybe this all goes plan. We'll be uh, having some drinks and play some G.I. Joes later. Shake and bake, baby. And as they leave, the weight of just how shitty this is getting, the odds are getting more and more stacked against you. But you just gotta win. Please give me a will save. Natural 20, so that's going to be a 41. Perfection. Steal. You push all that shit away, because it doesn't matter. You just need to win. Some time passes, and we see drivers are getting ready. Cars are in place. Uh, they didn't have a whole lot of time to paint your car. So the previous paint job has mostly been like black written over like company names. But on, <laughs> but on the hood, they managed to like spray paint a goblin holding a can of oil. Squeakies. <laughs> what is your What is your driver number? Six. Six. It's a number I rolled for this order. <laughs> so car car number six is ready. But as you're heading to it, a, a figure stops you. He's a man in red and black racing leathers. Number seven, Ivan Stanley. Looks like you're getting pretty close in points there, Boyo. Be closer for him today. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. You've managed to uh, get a new sponsor, it looks like. My engine, my driving. That's what matters. I hope so, because it looks like you're using goblin blood for gas. <laughs> God only knows what they put in that oil. It'll show everyone that I didn't need fancy sponsors to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. Be careful coming up behind me, boy, because I'll put you in that fucking wall. Just like your wife did to your marriage. Oh. <laughs> he swings. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like the drivers are down in the pit getting ready. Oh my good. Tim the Vortex Peregrine just took a swing at Ivan Stanley. Oh my gosh. Now that's crazy. That is, would probably any other day get them both disqualified from this race, but yeah, no, nah, we're going to watch that race today. <laughs> <laughs> I think that of all things, it's going to make it the most exciting race possible tonight. Especially seeing as, did you notice who Mr. Tim the Vortex Paragon's uh, <laughs> new sponsor? New sponsor? Squeaky's oil. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
he'll have some fun with that, I'm sure. We're Maybe the rumors of the wife taking the car are true. We'll see. Because <laughs> he, 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 uh, he better win that race, boy. That's all I'm saying. And the camera pans. And the race is on. And it is mm. close. And it's against all odds. Squeaky's pit crew is pretty good. There's a rule in this league where your pit crew can't weigh over a certain amount. Uh, and so the Squeaky's crew is about twice the size of every other crew. A rule which will be changed after this race. <laughs> 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 but they get those tires on and off real fucking fast. Looks like 35 children are out there. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> is, that a, is that a dead owlbear in the pit? <laughs> those are those are endangered. But it's lap 485. There's about 15 laps left, and it's neck and neck. The pole position leader right now is Ivan Stanley, and behind him, one Tim the Vortex Peregrine, and behind him, Hardy Do Jr. But the far side of the track, two cars unrelated to our story, other than just they're here and part of it, crash. And the pileup this causes is huge. And there's cars everywhere. Track, smoke, flame. You're not even sure if you can get through here. Is this an opportunity to win? Is this an opportunity to help your friend win? What's going through your mind here? What's that movie with Sylvester Stallone where he's the race car driver? I think it's just Drive. Drive? I think that's the name of the movie. It just where he starts like humming. Yeah. When he gets in the roof groove, that's where he's at. He's just in his element. Everything's gone right for him today. He's just in it. Give me, please, a reflex save. Natural one for oh, no. 23. And we hear tires screeching. It didn't really matter how it happened when it did. Because when it happened, you reacted with an apathetic wince. So you try to wash it out. But that's a stain that won't dissolve. And we all believed in Ghost until you walked into that wall. So give up. Top Notch by Manchester Orchestra. Camera pans across a dirty and hot city. July 6, 1984. And behind the new Avalon Auditorium, the largest stage in this city, sits a bus, The Crash. New Avalon's most famous hometown band is preparing for its homecoming show tonight at the end of a tour. And on a bus is Zai. What's Zai doing? Uh, Zai would, in fact, be sleeping. Uh, <laughs> passed out on essentially whatever surface is closest to the nearest bottle. And she'll, she'll kind of like stir, like not really open her eyes, but like kind of see the hand kind of reach for the table and like pat around. She just gets it and just takes a swig. There is a little bit left in the bottle, but uh, as per usual, your arrival in the day is not nice. It feels bad, real bad, because of the hangover. Always. Is it, uh, is it just alcohol? Uh, in this bottle, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now that it's empty, just toss that shit. You hear a banging on the bus door. Go away! Can't do that, Zai. Come in, then. And just to spice things up, why don't you go ahead and give me a fortitude save? Oh, early on. Okay. 37. As you try to force yourself into the morning. But coming through onto the bus is your long-suffering band manager, Captain Drew Mellon. Not an actual captain. He just likes to call himself yeah. that. He got the nickname one night after drinking a, a lot of 
Morgan. Captain Morgana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> Intellectually distinct. <laughs> oh, Zai, Zai. Oh, come. You said you were going to take it easy today. I mean, I, this is the first drink I've had. <laughs> I, I, I do not even believe that. It's not even the first drink you've had today. Because I know when you go to bed, and those letters start with A and end in M. Yeah, but does it really count? Yes! Yes, it counts! I don't think it does. One, two, three, four, it counts! Morning starts after you wake up. No, morning starts in the AM, and it's not. Do you even know, do you remember what you're supposed to be doing in five minutes? Uh, singing? The interview? Uh, you're supposed to talk to the Ab new Abalon Today show? Ah, uh, it's easy. They, they are here. I thought you were going to say hookers and blow. <laughs> you know what you're supposed to be doing? Hookers and blow. <laughs> I got a shot behind <laughs> Hookers and blow. Zai, if, if you want to throw your career, nay, your life away, great, fine. I'll find a way to make money on it for the whole world to watch. This band would be nothing without me. You, you say that. You say that. But lately, they've just been nothing. Whatever. This is your one chance tonight. Get this shit together. Put on a good show, and then we'll we'll fix it. We'll fix it from there. Everything rides on tonight. The crash cannot crash. Whatever. This is what the fans want. You better hope so. And Drew Mellon walks away. And then there's another knock at the door. Where a bubbly TV personality and a camera come. Hi there, folks. It's Virginia Mayweather with the new Avalon Entertainment. I'm here today with Zai from The Crash, who they're about to be performing at their hometown tonight for their last show of their touring season. Are you excited for that, Zai? Excited as always. What can we look forward to um, tonight in regards to this show? Have you ever been to one of our shows? I have, actually. I was just kind of curious because... I know that we recently had that one band um, that will remain unnamed who did bite into a live bat on stage. Now, I'm curious because it seems as though you want to keep it on par with bands of that caliber, um, despite the fact the crash is not of that caliber. Hey, so watch your mouth. <laughs> hey, we are way better than those guys. Just you wait. Just you wait. There's going to be fire. There's going to be... It's it's all around excitement. I'm sure it will be exciting, but will you be able to focus with all the drugs? I've been told that you do a lot of them. In I mean, fact, I actually overheard your tour manager talking to you about it here recently. How is that? Does that make life on the road hard? I'm at my best. Just you wait and see. Are you? You seem very lonely. <laughs> this interview's over. I'm out of here. All right. Well, that was our word with Zai today on New Avalon Entertainment. Again, I am Miss Virginia Mayweather. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and I can't wait to see what a crash this show turns into. <laughs> Ouch. That's fantastic. That's I got fantastic. into uh, entertainment tonight real quick in a good way. Yeah. And as I pushes past the camera crew and heads in the auditorium where the other members of the band are already set up because it's just about time for sound check 
would you say that this band is uh, functional or dysfunctional? It's not our band. What do you think, Zai? <laughs> yeah, tell us how to be. What do you want well, from us? Well, I feel like we started out functional, but as time goes on, you know, you guys don't listen as well as you used to. Give, give me a stereotype. Clearly, we have loose cannon covered. <laughs> I'm just well, the stoner. I'm the, I'm the stoner of the band. That's what I've decided. Stoner bass player. Right, that's checks that's out, checks checks. Out. <laughs> Who, who's the pretentious artsy Listen, one? That has to be the lead guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just be the one that, in comparison, is super normal. <laughs> Fun fact. You're all Knowles. In fact, it's the... It's Zai... <laughs> And her three-year-old Noel friends that were murdered in the forest. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Damn. That's so great. I love it. Fuck. <laughs> I'm going to say this probably is intention, as there would be in a 1980s forward rock and roll outfit. <laughs> hey, bud. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Now, remember, when Zai hits that <laughs> bit, I want, you to, I want you to really bring the thunder there, like we talked about. You can do that, right? On time this time? That'd be great. Listen, I'm not the one who messes up everything through every practice. I'm consistent. I don't know why. It's the same songs every night. I don't know why you guys can't figure this out. I don't make mistakes, bud. All right. You are a mistake. How much coke have you had tonight? You seem very... You could use a little. (laughs) You're fucking slow as always. Listen, I still hit my beats on time. There's a reason we timed the bass to be slower. You fell asleep for an entire minute of the last show. Who does that? They had the backgrounds on. It was fine. And Zai, at this point, Zai just comes crashing through the door. Ah, fuck. Did the interview not go well? The interview went fine. Bullshit. Really? And she'll just go straight for the table and just whatever whatever bottle she'll, she'll pick Hey, don't touch my first. shit! <laughs> Bro, you just need to chill out. It's, swig. it's very obvious Zai had a really bad interview. You know, you're the only person I ever met mm-hmm. that calls nodding off, headbanging. Listen, it worked. Nobody knew. You're fucking fake. <laughs> You're all fake. You're a fucking asshole. You're a load of you work, you piece of shit. Ass? We can't even count on you to be in the same realm of existence on time. I'm here, aren't I? At least they wake back up during the show. That's and they true. don't just stumble off stage. I'm not needing Narcan every five fucking minutes like somebody. I don't know anybody like that. I don't know. If you do another line, you might. Challenge accepted. I'll do a line with you. Sometimes I like you, but sometimes I want you so fucking dead. And as this goes on, it spirals down to the point where things are being thrown. And this is a very common occurrence in the crash. (laughs) Zai. Shock. (laughs) The fucking name. Can you please give me a reflex save? Sure can. Okay. 11-11. Ah, guys, stop. 31. That was a really expensive bottle of whiskey. Why are you throwing that? Dave hits you with the symbol. (laughs) 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 Fuck yeah, Dave. That's what I'm talking about. A little more energy. Oh my god, I think you might have knocked something back into place in my brain. (laughs) There he is! You're next! (laughs) Bring it on, fucker! And time passes into the evening, where the opening band, Ivan and the Ivanettes, kills it. Get fucking lips thing. Get fucked. Fuck you. But now it is time for the crash to take stage. And as the four of you are walking up with your instruments to your instruments, what do you tell the crowds, I? Are you guys ready to rock? 
Wow. Let's get this party started! I want to have the parties! <laughs> and Zai, nothing is more important than this show. Because one, this is your, your guys' hometown. Two, this is the last show of the tour. It's got to be good. And three, things have not been going well. And if this show is not good, you're not sure you will have a band, a label, a career. Please let me have a will save. Um, that is going to be uh, 34. And as we pan up into the sky lights of New Avalon City, the show must go on. And we fade into darkness. Rizai, you begin to blink and open up your eyes. And you're in a, a, a dark cave. You can kind of see, but something's wrong. And like, as you realize, like, what's going on, you're almost like face down on the ground over a pile of stalactites. Like, this is a very dangerous position. And you look over and you see Tim, similarly placed where his mouth is open on a very large stalactite. And you look over and you see Sigorum is in a similar predicament. But as you look over, you see this disgusting shell of what was once a human, skin white, completely naked, with white orbs for eyes, and he has Tame, and Tame has a stalactite sticking out of her back, and you think if she's not dead, she's dying. What do you do? Uh, which one's closer to me, Tim or Sigorum? Which one you want? Uh, Fucked up, I like it. Sigorum. You, uh, you can rouse Sigorum. Okay, that is what I'll do. Buddy, buddy, we got it, we got it. You gotta get up. I'm fucking get up. We gotta help her. Sigorum, as you wake up, you also see this pale figure that looks like he's been stuck in a dark cave for thousands of years. And Tay might be dead. Hi! What do you do? Advance. Do we have our stuff? You have your stuff, but it's almost like you were unconscious or somehow dreaming, maybe? Uh, I'll also get Tim up while he's... And as you're aroused awake, you see also what's going on. This figure doesn't say anything. He just, like, hisses at all of you. Can I reach out for some magic? Sure. Um, Sigorum can actually, in, in a way, sense the life force of his allies. So if Tame were to actually take that last step through Death's door, he can use his reaction to cast Breath of Life, which will prevent her from dying. And you hear that last gasp. <laughs> and then another gasp as you bring her back. But this figure is still there. Can someone do something about them? I'm going to straight up shoot a magic missile at him. Yeah, I mean, let's like, start this out and just... Boo, boo, boo. And this figure is frail. And, and like a shell of a human. But yeah, you like blast him kind of back. And he's like, it's mine, it's mine. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. No, it's not. Zyle <laughs> Z- draw her weapon at this point and just run at him. Um, and he is not able to put up much of a fight, and you have him pinned against the ground, but he is ravenous and foaming at the mouth. It's mine! It's, it's mine! It's mine! It's mine! It's mine! Through cracked and bleeding lips. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. She'll look back at Sigorum. Should I put it out of its misery? What is your name? It's mine! It's mine! It's mine! It's mine! But you know who was locked behind that door. 
I do. I was just seeing if he knew. You're not sure he even understands what you're saying. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Whatever this thing once was, it is no more. Is it? Would I've got I've got an idea here. You tell me if it's a dead end or not. If I alleviate this entity for say five minutes, could we learn something useful from him? Um, I don't know. What do you, I don't know what you're trying to do. Like, I can claim his curse for five minutes. Oh, um, if, if like his madness or this it's mine thing, he's if he's lost himself. Yeah, he... in form of a curse. Sure, I got an idea. Uh, Sigorum, uh stows his weapons, uh, gets out some rope, begins to tie himself off, restraining himself. Sorry, help me. You just want me to leave this thing? Sigorum is going to place a hand on Dwimmerlin, and he's going to cast Claim Curse, temporarily drawing the curse that Dwimmerlin may be suffering from. Um, for if there's a number of curses I can choose, but for five minutes, I'm going to be affected by it, and the target is not. There's really only one curse that this person has, that he's been trapped behind a door with an object of with something he wanted so bad that he betrayed all oaths to be there. And we see Sigorm now on the ground tied up. It's mine. It's mine. Uh, be- before I let it take me. Yeah. Keep me restrained. Learn everything you can. And then with one hand on the target and I guess one hand on Excelthian on the hilt, I'll go ahead and go through with it. It's mine. Mine. It's mine. And the figure blinks but like you can tell his eyes have long been useless and he's a frail husk thing he's like my my mind my mind is who who are you all your reprieve is temporary my friend tell us what you know i was banished behind this door with the chalice i feel i feel the wind the door is open for about a time where's the chalice and you see him lift a hand and point at the back of the cave and sitting on a stalactite that's been evened out is a cup. What warnings can you give? And like he like reaches over and grabs like your your cloak and is like face to face, like spitting. Or like he's tiny. Like you know he's like secure. Where he can't hurt you, but he's like it can take everything. And is he able to to walk? The design that so she's restraining him. Yeah, probably not. Okay. I don't imagine we want either of those two to leave. Well, he tries to crawl to the door. Well, my mind is my own. If you watch, he's crawling to the edge. And if you don't stop him, he flips over. Do we stop him? His choice. And and with the last bit of clarity Drummerlin has, he throws himself off the mountain. It's a kind of mercy, I guess. And a short time later, Sigorum is freed from his curse. (laughs) And Sigorm, you understand what was left of that man's mind, of what he paid for his betrayal. But standing before you is the chalice. Is Tame alive now, like on the ground breathing? Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff? Okay. Technically, she got like 4d8 plus a little bit health back or whatever. You think she's not in good shape, but she's alive. Can I even talk or am I just like passed out? Yeah. Yeah. You can talk. Give you health. Oh my God. What the fuck happened? I had a dream, I think. Do you think it was the chalice? With Wimbledon's madness. Madness. Definitely the madness. I think the chalice might be worse. What did we learn? 
I Where is he? He chose the rapid descent. He looked like he needed that. Shit, not doing that again. He merely said where the chalice was and that it would take everything. Well, I believe it. Scorm's going to get himself up, you know, get dignified again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as smoothly and as calm and collected as he can be, approach the chalice with the sword out. And I don't know what you all expected of this thing. Well, you expected it was a, a beautiful golden chalice, uh, but it's relatively plain. Maybe like a, a low-grade gold like plate, but it looks like just a simple cup. A lot of work for something so plain. Well, it was worth something once. Something costly. So perhaps it looks plain, but at least at the time the war was going over it, it wasn't. Whatever happens, do what you gotta do, if I can't handle it. Got it. So you say. Sigourm will pick up the chalice. We'll find out what happens on the next episode of Adventures of Ultimate Mountain